We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Meringue, Brandon Sprague. It's a mailbag edition. And, well, that's weird. I'm getting some weird feedback from YouTube. Uh, hopefully that clears up. Uh, like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Do all of the things that you know that we need you to do. I don't know. Uh, if you're watching here live, if you're watching the replay, please click subscribe. Help us grow the show. Um, it has been... What, uh, four games this week, December 3rd through December 10th. The Blazers just went 3-1 and one on the on the week in the four games. Mm-hmm. Getting out of that, that one loss was a one-point loss uh, following off the uh, heels of Jamal Worry step-back fadeaway corner three over Jeremy Grant. But I'll tell you this right now, Brandon. Um... Uh, don't try to bring moral victories up to Chauncey Billups in a post-game press conference. You know, I, I like Danny. I like that he doesn't have moral victories. I did, too. Uh, as, as Jay-Z once said, moral victories are for minor league coaches. Mm-hmm. This is the NBA here. There are no moral victories. Um, and so, yeah, the Denver loss was heartbreaking. It's the one game I finally attend at pro post-COVID, and that happens. And I'm just like, cool, I'm a jinx, so I'm never coming to another game again. Uh, but that, that win in response to the Denver loss against Minnesota, and I know they get Minnesota tomorrow, but I, I thought, Danny, that that was a huge win for them, um, and especially at a point where it felt like, I'm sure you feel felt this way too, being there, it felt like that was a game they were going to lose. Uh, Edwards was gone. They had no answer for Gobert. Mm-hmm. They, they were playing good basketball, and then Portland went on just a ginormous run to close the game out, uh, obviously led by Lillard, but you had Ant go back and find a shot again, Grant adding it as well. And so it's just nice to get the the response from that Denver loss and get a win. What was really interesting to me is the way that Denver game ended. Um, let me paint the locker room picture for anybody who's not, uh, who doesn't know. They were pissed. Yeah. Chauncey, pissed. Dame, pissed. Josh Hart, pissed. Jeremy Grant was gone before I got in there. Guys were not happy. Mm-hmm. So, for those that have never been in a, in a locker room post game, there's two settings, maybe three. Win, music bumping, everyone vibing. Loss, 
it is a funeral and everyone is in their feelings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For all of the talk of this player doesn't care, this player, this has this team has a ton of dudes who care. Uh, and they wear it on their sleeve like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. So they go and they watch film uh, day before yesterday in between the Denver and, and Minnesota games. And they figure out what is wrong. And I and I talked to Dame about this post-game. I, <laughs> I basically, I literally just asked him, what the hell was going on with the, the defense in the first, first half? Because it, it didn't make any sense. Like, everybody was on a different sheet of, of the same music. Sometimes Nurks, you know, coming all the way up to the level and nobody's tagging the roll, man. Sometimes they're not sliding the defense over. Sometimes Nurk's dropping when they need to be up higher. And again, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Nurk. I'm just, to be honest, if there's anybody, <clears throat> if there's anybody that I was going to trust that night defensively, it was Nurk as far as like what reads were correct. There was a sequence of events over two different defensive plays where I think Simons made a couple mistakes mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the Denver game. And he pulled Simons over and barked at him. And I was like, all right, cool, Nurk. So, I, like, coming into that first half of that Minnesota game, I was like, okay, you know, if, if they're confused as hell in this first half defensively, I'm going to side with Nurk here. Right. Like, if Nurk's, like Nurk went, went to Hart and, like, what the hell are you doing kind of a deal, he did the same thing with Dame. He actually did the same thing with Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just weren't on the right page or, or whatever. And... It was interesting because I asked Dame about that. And the same thing following the Denver game. So following Denver, it was, we know Jokic is going to do what he does. And Nurk played him as well as he could. He just hit shots. You were there. You saw how the insane shot making that Jokic had. Yeah, I did. Okay. And then Aaron Gordon is just feasting in the dunker spot. And the Blazers defense is trailing behind them the entire time. And all of this, Dame says, we knew that. We knew better, and yet we didn't execute. That's not on the coaching staff. That's not, like, we had the right game plan. We just didn't get shit done. Mm-hmm. And he said, basically, the same thing happened again in the first half. And then Dame brings everybody together halfway through the third quarter. Blazers are down 10. I think it was like 6.53 left on mm-hmm. uh, the third. And they go on a 16-4, 16-6 run. And they end up closing out the third period up two, going into the fourth quarter, and they led the rest of the way. Yep, But it took them a video session and a half of a game to pull their heads out of their asses defensively. And I don't know where that line is as far as like, because, and again, Dame said the same thing. We know what they want to do. They did exactly what they tried to do to us last year. He goes, they tried to uh, get us in pick and roll coverage and spray out to the corner. Yep, that checks. That's exactly what they did. And he goes, we just weren't where we needed to be. We weren't on top of Gobert on the roll. We weren't up on the ball handler. We weren't closing out the way we need to. We were trailing by. Like, it was just ticking all the boxes that they didn't do. Yeah. And I don't really know what to do with that, right? And when clearly the game plan from the coaching staff is exactly what it needs to be. And they're being coached on it. And they're being walked through it. Like, Dame was actually kind of pissed at himself and everybody else for having this game plan that should have worked that they didn't execute for more than a half. I think the hard thing, Danny, is like it's it's not just 
you know, they talk about the frustration that they had in those moments. It, this has kind of been a bit of a trend for them. Mm-hmm. Like defensively, they they went from kind of being a bit of the toast of the town, the talk of the league of like, you know, this eight. team's yeah, yeah, top ten, you know, comfortably there, and you're like, wow, like this team, and and it's not to me. To me, it doesn't always just boil down to the effort part. I don't think that they suddenly aren't trying. I think no. some of this has to do with one, your personnel. Two, like you, you don't, you still haven't played with your best on-ball defender yet. He still hasn't played a game yet. We're still awaiting GP two. But I kind of just wonder if this is more starting to level out because they. I, I want to say the last ten games they've been kind of near the bottom of the league uh, defensively, and so yeah, I. I think it's tough because you can hear guys get frustrated and explain like, oh, I should have been better or I should have been here. I should have been there. But like the numbers are just starting to bear out. This team isn't what we thought they were at the beginning of the year. And that's to be expected to a certain extent in the league with the season being 82 games. But I'm more wondering if we're going to start leveling out here from they're not a top 10 squad, maybe not a bottom five squad like they were a few years back. Maybe they're going to be somewhere in that 15 to 23 24 range and you can make an argument being 24 you're at the bottom end but i just this isn't a sudden oh i can't believe this happened this has been happening their defensive numbers have dropped Mm -hmm. and they've they've gotten worse over the last 10 games or so so it's something to keep an eye on for tomorrow's game and then you have san antonio dallas houston oklahoma city twice denver like to keep it going in that stretch i think is i think we'll get more of a clear understanding of where they'll be after those games if you look at it, Brooklyn Glass over the last two weeks, the defense, so dead last, Charlotte, second to last, Washington, third to last, last, lash. <laughs> God, my work tongue. Uh, fourth from the bottom, Portland Trailblazers, 27th. Yeah. Yeah. 120 points per 100. Flip side of that is they have the fifth best offense in that time period. The offense outside of Ant struggling in the Denver game, the offense has been relatively Honestly, successful. you take if you improve Ant in that game, I mean obviously they win that game, but they probably have a top three offense. Sure. It's, it's like when you look at how far apart it's spread, mm-hmm. uh it's one nineteen point one, one nineteen point two, one nineteen point five. Yeah. I mean they're they're literally right there. What's crazy about Ant's bad night, and we'll talk about that here in a second. I was I was interested by this. Over the last four games, again, the Blazers are, are three and one. Ant has a what a four six point game. Yeah. You know how many points he's still averaging over the last four? Uh based on the performances, I'd say he's like in the twenty four range. Twenty six. Yeah. He have a game that bad and still average twenty six for the week. Yeah. That's how good he's been otherwise. That's just bonkers to me. I was like, I wonder where he's sitting at. Um We do have a pile of questions. So we'll get into those here real quick. But you're right. The opportunity there is in front of them to kind of level that stuff off. Part of me wants to give them not a pass, but a nod to all of the injuries they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Now the offensive burden being shifted to Ant and Jeremy, which will cause those guys to have defensive slippage. But now that Dame is back and back back, balling his ass off, there really isn't an excuse for the defensive slippage stuff. Like you, Those guys don't have that offensive burden nearly as much. Um, but I am seeing guys like Justice and Josh and even Jeremy to an extent show some real signs of wear and tear. Like those guys are beat up pretty bad right now. 
And you know what? Add Nurk to that list. Nurk's got the the, uh, the electronic heating compression sleeve. Sure. That he puts on his leg basically every other night at this point. Uh, Justice is playing with the ankles and the groin. Uh, there's Josh Hart is playing with a softball <laughs> in his in his ankle right now. Um, and I'm sure everybody else was busy staring at Josh Hart's ankles in that video, you heathens. Definitely wasn't staring at his V-cut at the bottom and hoping he kept <laughs> scrolling down. Definitely wasn't doing that. The man's jacked. It's a professional basketball player. It happens. I just, I just like that you, you went and you made the locker room R-rated. <laughs> You're like, how can, I, how can I add some spice to this post game? Oh, you know what? I'm going to get Josh Hart naked. You know what? I'll give a little little insight now. And you, you know this because you were at, at NBC's Comcast for a while, too. So there was a new master control room at NBC. And when they had the TV contract with the Blazers, there was a camera that was hooked up in there permanently. Live feed. Yeah. and I, That's a problem, Bob. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many naked players I saw. Just at all times, it was just a, yeah, a lot of swinging D's going. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just, I just, I just kind of plow through at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even so much like how you feel when you see a player's D. It's more just like uh, I, I was when you posted that. I was like, oh, you got Josh Hart half naked. How about this? And then I had to re-examine, am I lotioning myself up properly? Josh Hart's making me question if I'm doing this right. Listen, man, they, those guys go through a bottle a night. Ant might be the, the worst offender. I have never shaken his hand after a game and not gotten covered in lotion. Well, but you know what? The thing that you can acknowledge that's true, that I wish everybody could experience in their life at least once, you step in there and they smell amazing. They I do. I've told my wife, I'm like, I don't know what these guys use. I'm sure tie in stuff that I couldn't afford, mm-hmm. but I just want to know the name of it so I can see if I could buy it because I wish I could smell like them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Unnecessary comment? Maybe. But you know, it's also truthful. They I mean, I, I respect it. You, you, you opened up there. Yes. You opened up. I respect it. Um, but yeah, there's uh, for, for everybody wondering, there, I saw somebody ask a question like um, consent. Nobody is going up to anybody in the locker room and hitting record on anything, audio or video, without asking, are you ready? And most guys, even in Danny's instance, won't talk yet, even if when their shirt's off. Like most mm-hmm. guys, like Dame is the most prominent one every single yeah. night, right? Like the the horde wants to go to just Dame on most of the nights. There's like this weird, untalked about understanding of, Dame's backs to you. He's out of the shower. His pants are on. He's shirtless. And then, like, he gets his shirt on. on. He looks in the mirror, adjusts it how he needs it. And he sits down. And when he turns around, it's like, boom, it's a mad dash right to Dame. And there's there's a process for it. So for those that don't know, if if anybody questions it, it's in the actual full audio. I asked Josh, hey, man, are you ready to go? Yeah. So for anybody, for for the little background, um, Josh is changing, getting ready. And he's he's got his phone in his locker on his FaceTime talking to his wife. He's like, "Hey, babe, I'm gonna get the bleep out of here. Like, I don't think anybody's anybody's waiting for me." Casey and I are like, "Ah, sorry about that, bud." I like, I got lie, honey. I was like, "That's what I said." I was like, "I'm I'm sorry. I need him for one." And Casey's like, "I need one too." He's like, "Ah, sorry, babe. See, see, yell at them, blame them." So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of you know yelling on the top to his wife. I'm sorry, blame me. It's my fault. He's trying to get out of here. But that's why he was in a hurry. 
Right. So he was trying to get out and, and go see the wifey. So um, all right, let's dive into the questions now that we've done, gotten the locker room talk. This is from uh, Brendan Wild, uh, Wildermuth uh, at Brendan Dub. What do you see the floor and ceiling of this team is currently constructed? I think their floor is a play-in team, their ceiling is a second-round team, but I tend to lean super optimistic. Mm. Following up, are there any realistic midseason moves that can raise either? We'll talk about trades probably a couple weeks from now. Yeah. I'm, I'm just now in the information-gathering stage of all of that. So um, I everybody knows like what names are going to kind of be out there. I got a text the other day that expect basically 50 names um, to be available. But like how many of those are actually moved? Significantly less. But where do you, where do you see this floor uh, in the ceiling of this team? Yeah, I mean, the floor, it's pretty hard. I mean, uh, we're talking barring injury here. It's its hard not to see their their floor being at least the play-in. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, they're sitting in six, but you go anywhere from six at 14 and 12 to Minnesota not even being 10th in their 13 and 13. I mean, we're talking about a, di- a, a difference of a game uh, separates Sacramento at five, a game and a half, to out of the playoff and play in in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I, it, perspective here is that. The floor to me is it's the play-in. Uh, and I won't be shocked if they end up getting there. I think the Clippers are a big head-scratcher because they don't care. I think the Warriors at some point will figure it out and go on a big run there. Utah's kind of coming down to earth, and Dallas with Luka might make a move, but Luka's good enough to always keep him in it. The, the ceiling is... Kind of about where they're at. I, It's not that I'll be surprised if they're fifth because, again, of how close the gap is. I just think some of these teams below them are going to start getting it together. And so I think for me, ceiling is six seed, floor is playing. That's kind of where I lean right now. Pre-move, pre-injuries, you know, no injuries. that's kind of what I see for this group as currently constructed. I'll, I'll go one step further. I think five's your highest. Mm-hmm. But I think we're operating in the same windows for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, like the Kings, they'll Kings it up. Uh, Phoenix, I mean, the vibes are back to not great there. The yeah. Clippers are are fraudulent at this point. Like I I I I am done believing in them. I don't I don't care how many good players they have on their roster. They have to play. Um, the Warriors are. Bob Myers is a GM right now going into. La- without an extension on his contract with multiple NBA titles. So they're in a weird spot right now. The James Wiseman thing is, yes. uh, it may be the downfall cart behind him. He he's an absolute stud. Uh, I don't, this doesn't take away from his ability at all. And you take him almost over anybody else in the league, except maybe a couple guys, his body language when they lose, not great. It's not great. Uh, the Milwaukee game, for example, they're winning that game. You know, Giannis is in foul trouble. Didn't do much in the first half. Giannis gets it going, gets off. And then he ends up fouling out with three to go. And they end up, Milwaukee comes back and, and wins. Blame him. Like, his team did almost nothing. They gave him Christian Wood. That was their big offseason move. Like, that team needs to make, they need to go get a star for that dude. Um, but, you know, he's still so amazing that I'm sure they're going to get better than 10th. Yeah, I think they figure it out as long as, you know, Luca doesn't have something happen. Luca doesn't have a hammy or a calf or something along right. those lines. Like but they their their margins are razor thin. That team's just yeah. they have to hope that Luca will put up with two more years until they can get their books right. And the the good news is he's twenty three. 
Like, so yeah, it's like two more years. It's a lot. Of, you're it's a big ask. A it's lot, a, it's a big ask, man. Especially in today's NBA. It's a mm-hmm. big ask. I, they failed to build around Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard came in with LaMarcus for a couple years. Yes. That can... Then you uh, you get your um, your really good friend in CJ McCollum alongside you. Mm-hmm. They aren't they aren't doing that with Luca. No, like they don't have Luca's really good friend. They don't have a dude like Dirk. You know he was there for a year. They they don't have or you hell they don't even have a Nick Batum. Like for those that don't know, no, like Nick is one of Dame's really good friends in the league. So they they don't even have that. Or the, yeah. the veteran sage players like Bo Williams or Earl Watson that Dame talks about all the time. Right. So on the Dallas side of things, <laughs> that that gets ooh, it gets dicey real quick. But I think that that's a pretty solid regular season ceiling. Fifth seed. Fifth fifth seed, sixth seed to me is like I I wasn't going there preseason and no, now it's all you're changed. Seven, eight, so, nine. Yeah. And even with that losing seven of eight, you know what I don't, I didn't change. Where they end up at the end of the season? Sure, I still think it's a 44-45 win team. And in a regular eighty-two game regular season, with the way their offense is playing, the way Ant, Dame, Grant are playing, they can win it every single night. Oh, I mean, when you got three dudes that can take it over and get buckets they, every you night. You are every single game you are involved in. Yeah. Even even against the Milwaukee's and Boston's of the world, are they mm-hmm. going to be favored? Yes, but you're not going. You're like you're going to that game thinking mm, they're probably not going to win this game, but their offense is so good that they could literally win every night. Well, and and those teams are really damn good, which is why they're at the top. But mm-hmm. like to play counterpoint to that, if you're taking on those teams and you don't play them very often, but if you did, like if Tatum's having a bad night, it could be as simple as there you go. Yeah, if Giannis is not having his best night. I've seen Milwaukee also look like dog crap when Giannis doesn't mm-hmm. have it going. They, they they have good rosters. They're not perfect by any stretch. And so nobody is Grant. That's what's fun about the West right now is the Pelicans are the one seed and there's still people going, I don't know if they can do it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you not buy what that is? That that looks amazing right now. Memphis obviously has all this experience as a young team. Denver's got it going now with Jokic and Murray starting to look like himself. Phoenix is the most fraudulent, front-running, talented team I've maybe have ever seen in my life. So weird. And I, I'm so glad everybody's with me on this anti-Chris Paul kick. It's been lovely. Did you see the I'm, video that came out of him throwing the elbow yeah, at Alvarado? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oof. I, Danny, I, I shared this story before. I went to a, a Hornets-Blazer game years ago when he was still there with David West. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having really good seats. And we were sitting right behind the Hornet bench. And it was when Steve Blake was a blazer. Mm-hmm. And I must have counted four or five times during the game that he would dribble in front of Steve Blake. And then, like, as he's dribbling, oh, the, his arm. Put, put him in jail and throw the elbow. Yeah, yeah. And he's just launching little bows to him, like, just enough where the ref isn't quite noticing it. And you could see Steve Blake getting actively pissed. And I'm just like, I can't do it with this guy. I know he's really good. I can't do it with this guy. He, he He's always riding the edge. Habitual line Always. Stepper. Yes, he is. Habitual line stepper. Uh, I think we're both in agreement. I think as barring, and again, we're both talking about barring injury. Uh, the floor of this team is a play-in. I don't think yeah. this is a team as currently constructed as a team that should be missing the playoffs. It should not mm-hmm. be in the lottery. Just, they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, the midseason trade stuff, we'll, we'll push. I'll keep that in the back. 
back burner probably at least another week, probably two, once I gather a little more intel. Uh, Michael Acosta, is it possible to get Justice or Heart rest until GP2 comes back? Both are not there athletically, athletically like they were at the beginning of the year. With Nas being out, we have zero wing depth at the moment. It's an interesting question. Because Chauncey is playing the both those guys a truckload. So over the last four games, <laughs> Dame 37, Ant 36 and a half, Jeremy 37, yeah. Hart 34. Justice 25. I mean, kind of are what they are. I, I, don't the... think, I don't think you have a choice. I mean, who are you summoning out for justice? Remember all of that. I really love Chauncey. He's so different from Terry. He's playing all the young guys all the time. Yeah. Well, when, when all of a sudden it starts to matter if you win or lose, <laughs> which way do you go? Yeah. You, you lean on the guys that you trust. Yeah, you want to win those games, and that's how this that's how this stuff always goes. Yeah, you got Chauncey to tank for a year, and it, it wasn't like they were players never tank. Organizations do. He was still mm-hmm. going out there trying to win with those young guys, but he was going out there like the Knights who say knee, and they were just going to gum you to death. Yeah, like they they had no arms. That's hell. They may have had no arms and no legs. They may have been a guy named Bob. That's right, dad jokes. I'm sticking it in there. <laughs> but I, uh, that's not going to happen this year. They do need more depth, and they do need to get healthier. And this, I, I, I'm with Michael. I don't think either Justice or Hart, or hell, even Jeremy to an extent, look like they did to start the season physically. They do look limited. And on the flip side, Yusuf Nurkic looks as the best that he's looked all season. He looks like he's fi- like finally in shape, which is just kind of this weird contrast. Um, but Nas being out precludes that from happening. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the kicker here, is that if you were going to try to buy them some minutes or a night, Nas would be the way to go. GP two comes back, maybe you can. Maybe you squeeze some minutes from Josh, take him from thirty four to thirty. Take Justice from 25 to 20. I mean, that's nine minutes right there. You still can't go to Shaden. Like, it's, I mean, do you you see a world where that happens? I mean, see, that's that's where I just put, I I think you can go more to Shaden. I I know he's not, it's not what it quite was, but I don't know. I'd still like to see him test him a little more than they are. Just give him a couple more minutes. Of the players you named that are dealing with it, you said Grant, Hart, Justice. I think you feel it the most and see it the most with justice, whereas at least mm-hmm. Josh is still kind of pushing tempo. He's still being aggressive. And then the last game, as you filmed him half naked, he's at least willing to shoot the three, and he, he cashed him. Yeah, um, three for three. Jeremy is so gifted as a player that, you know, he can he can be banged up and still give you really solid production. The Nurkic thing, I think you're right. He does look like he's getting in shape. It's what made the Denver loss so frustrating. It's just like it's such bad timing. And he played his ass Ant. off. That was his best game of the year. Yeah. We talked on a couple pods ago, feeling Nurkic, right? Mm-hmm. When he plays, you could feel him. All four just, quarters. Unfortunately for him, his counterpart in Denver is a significantly better player. He just hit everything he threw at the rim. It was disgusting. 
I mean, his touch is unbelievable. It's some of the best touch I've ever seen from a player, not position, just a player. Yeah. I mean, he, he loads the... a trebuchet behind his head. And Danny, it's just... those, those okay. four foot, five foot shots, like those are sometimes the hardest shots well, to he, make in basketball. He's fading away. And again, he loads the ball behind his head when he shoots. It's like, and, it doesn't make any go, sense. They always go just straight up and, and straight down barely hit, and barely yeah. hit the net down. It's like a it's, mortar. It's unreal, but to get to the question, no, I, I don't. I, maybe you can play Shaden a couple more minutes for justice, but you need justice's size in a lot of matchups, and so that's kind of the position they're in. They're they're kind of stuck for for better or worse. They're kind of stuck with playing the guys that choose to suit up every night. I uh, got a couple people in the comments saying that they like to see Keon get more run. Sure. Listen, I like Keon. I like Keon as a as a human being. I like Keon as a as a project player. Keon six three six four. <laughs> he's not very big. Listen, he's built for a guard. Mm-hmm. Justice is five weight classes up. Just I like Justice is jacked, and yeah, he is huge. strong. Yep. Keon's strong for a young guard. Justice is strong for like most dudes in the league. Mm-hmm. It's not a like for like swap. GP GP is strong for. Like most guys in the league, that's a like for like swap, but that's the question: is like, is it possible to get rest until GP two comes back? And that's the thing is, I don't think there is. Like, maybe you can buy Shaden a few minutes. Maybe you can buy Jabari in a few minutes. Maybe. But I, I don't. See, I think that's the thing is, I don't think you can buy Jabari minutes. He's not getting them. Yeah. I I think you know unless something happens. And you don't want it to happen, but unless something does, I, I think Jabari is what Jabari is right now. I don't I think I don't think Chauncey's gonna change his philosophy on that. Yeah, Do you? An, no, it's an interesting watch. And since we're talking about Gary, um injury update. I, I was told coming into this week that they were hopeful that Thursday was gonna kind of be something they could look at. Um, but it's all on Gary and how he feels. He's done three on three, he's done five on five. I was talking to folks within the organization yet last night. He's doing everything. It's just a matter of how he feels afterwards. Nothing really new there. Um, I just had the latest injury report. He is out tomorrow, when, uh, Monday. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully on the road trip, I'd be, I'd be surprised because they don't typically like to bring guys back on road trips. But everybody in the organization has said that they are just slow playing it with him. Yeah. So we'll see what comes out of it. I, I don't really know. And Ginger Fit Dad says we should play GB3. Well, that's a very difficult proposition <laughs> right now because he's in the G League. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting some experience down there, baby. And then uh, on the injury side of things, Nas is still on crutches. Yeah. So um, have we have any more update on, on the severity of that situation? Or is that one of those like it's bad, it's, but they just don't want to say it? it they're gonna, it's going to be the full six weeks and wait and see. Oh, that's pretty. That's really crappy luck for. It's me. just because of where it is. Sure. From, from moral head, like, because <clears throat> we've talked about this before. Because if it, if it doesn't heal properly, they'll need to put a screw in it. Yeah. And then it's it's opening surgery on your hip where you're putting screws in. Yeah. That's that. That's not great. Um. So. It's it's an interesting spot. Uh, trust Mitch at Lothringen three sixty. Is there a three point learning curve rookies face in the NBA? When I look at Sharp's jumper, it looks very pretty, but he has yet to find consistency behind the arc. I wonder if this is a common rookie 
struggle. There is to an extent of changing from college range to the NBA range, mm-hmm. uh, college closeouts to NBA closeouts, and also consistency in your form. Shaden is a player who can shoot off platform, much in the same vein of Damon Ant. Right? The, off the dribble, off the bounce, going right, going left. Jeremy is much more of a s- standard uh, catch-and-shoot kind of guy. You, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't typically see Jeremy taking many off-platform shots. I think at last look, Ant was fourth in the NBA in total off-the-dribble threes. To give you an idea of like the volume that he gets. Shaden, I would like to see him become a much more standard catch-and-shoot guy more often than he is. He hesitates and or passes up on open catch-and-shoot threes. Not regularly, but enough that I started making notes of it. And then he'll right-left between the legs, then go up. Yeah. Because his catch-and-shoot is... It's pretty. There's mm-hmm. it's it's quiet. There's like there's almost an like a musical effect for I don't know about you like when I for jump shots like there's a rhythm to them that like Shaden's like you're you're just conducting the orchestra and it's flawless when you see him get into that catch dip let it go it's very there's there's some Beethoven in there right like it's like oh that's <laughs> you know it when you see it and you, when you right, hear it right. and with him it's just just that's that's what you get. When he gets off platform sometimes, it's 99% of the time, and this is the same with most young guys that I've ever watched, it's their feet. Mm-hmm. And Shaden's footwork just kind of turns into a mess. He's so talented that he can correct a lot of that from the shoulders up. But you, when he does miss, he misses badly. And I think a lot of that is because of his, his, his the inconsistency in his platform. I mean, Dame, I think Dame just alluded to the rookie wall, right? Dame just talked about this and said, this is totally normal. Yeah. Young guys go through 30, this 30 games is like where they're at. The, the funny thing about what you mentioned was you talked about the difference of college to the NBA. And I wanted to be like, yo, you mean high school to the NBA? Because yes. this dude didn't even get that experience, unfortunately. EYBL to the NBA. Yeah. So, you know, I, I expected it to come down from where it was. Um, there are just little parts of the game. And you gotta you gotta remind yourself, and not that you you forget it, but you almost have to remind yourself because I did during Denver. Like, this kid is nineteen years old. Like, there's so much about this game. You're muted right now. There's so much about the league and the learning curve of it that guys just don't. Some guys can get it. The rarity of those instances, you're talking about all NBA guys pretty quickly. Whereas, like, there's a lot of other players that it takes them a second. And, you know, the minutes he's given versus mm-hmm. what he's learning, like there's just – I don't know if it's a three-point thing, three-point learning experience more so. It's just like it's kind of the ebbs and flows of what the league presents to young players. I mean, look no further than Ann himself when he first got in this thing. They're still trying to get his body right. right. Like there's just – there's a lot of variances here with Shaden. And I, I want him to keep playing high-level minutes. I can deal with him missing shots and – learning either to catch and shoot or shoot off the dribble. All that stuff is going to – he's going to keep figuring that stuff out. Through but trial and like, error, for sure. I, I like what I'm seeing right now, and there's definitely going to be curves and experiences he's going to go through that he's just going to have to mentally take down and go, okay, this this situation is this, that situation is that. 
Um, not for nothing. Shaden no longer has the splint on his finger. It's good news. He's just taped up now. There we go. So that's also something kind of to watch for. Is like, is he is is it that little change? Does that mess them for a little bit? Just kind of a a little side note. Uh, this yeah. from from Wayne Hughes at Reading the Water is the are the defensive issues as easy as Damon Ant or missing another big wing? What are you seeing? So we asked Chauncey about this the other day, particularly about Ant, and Chauncey highlighted Ant has either had very good nights or very bad nights, not very many nights, kind of in between. And I think that if you're taking the like a thirty thousand foot view, it's very steady. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at over the course of the season, but from night to night, it can vary. Yeah, and I think that's the next big step for him in particular. Uh, I think against the Timberwolves, the play that stood out to me was on the switch late in the game. He gets Rudy Gobert, and he uses every last ounce of strength he has to front the ever loving shit out of him, mm-hmm. while Drew Eubanks just pasters the ball handler right at, on the switch, and it devolved into a bad possession and another turnover. And I think that's the kind of thing where that needs to be there from Ant night in, night out. This team is not going to be a great defensive team. But they should be around league average. Like, they should be, like, 17th. They should not be a bottom third team. Sure. And some of it's team, some of it's Ant. I would say for the first month and a half of the season, maybe two months, a big chunk of that was Nurk. Thought he was very poor defensively for probably the first 15 to 18 games outside of a couple performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jeremy has slid down a little bit uh, from time to time. Same with Josh and, and Justice. But I think a lot of that is because they were so beat up. So this next, I don't know, 10 games, I expect to see some improvement. I expect that things look better. I expect that if they get beat defensively, it's not because they aren't doing what needs to be done, but teams are making shots. Like the Denver game, they made bad bad reads. They, mm-hmm. they, they were certainly in, in bad defense in general. But the shot making in that game on both sides was obscene. Jamal Murray, Damian Lillard, uh, Jokic, um, it was just one of those things where you looked at it and you're like, okay, it didn't 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 matter how good a defense Nurk played on Jokic there. Didn't matter how good a defense Grant or Hart played on Jamal Murray in the second half there. Mm-hmm. Like there was just shot making. And you have to live with that sometimes. But the problem is, is you can't live with it for 121 points. Like that's right. the difference. That needs to be one twelve. Not but, yeah, I mean, it does, but like also to play devil's advocate, you scored 120 on them. And that's the thing. Their offense was, is yeah. crushing. The the offense is upper echelon elite. I, I do think some of their defensive numbers, to get to league average, you're going to have to climb a little bit from where you are. Their defensive numbers, I would imagine, I mean, unless I'm just going to be wrong here and they're going to finish near the bottom defensively in the league, you get Minnesota again tomorrow, and then you get San Antonio. Dallas is never easy, but then you're Houston, Oklahoma City. I know Shea's having a great year. You should win you these Oklahoma games. City. You should win these games. Denver again, and then Charlotte is absolutely awful. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Golden State's a struggle bus right now. Detroit isn't amazing. Like, you have some games where defensively you can lock in and try to get close 
to the number at like 104 to like 110 at most. Like you have opportunities presenting yourself. And I again, that's why I highlight you look at the next like seven games and I think we're going to get more of the feel of who they are defensively. If that's near the bottom, then you know what? That's just going to be kind of to me who they are unless GP or they make a move. And so, no, you don't want to see them where they're at right now. But I, I think because of the start, it, it changed and raised expectations or perspective of what they are defensively that now that they're playing as bad as they are, and it is piss poor defense right now, mm-hmm. I think because of that fall off from top 10 to bottom four, you're getting a lot of people going, oh, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Which team is this? Yeah, how, how, how did you go from there to all the way down there? They need to just a couple confidence-boosting yeah. games to get themselves back defensively. And if you look at it, considering their schedule, and I'm not making excuses for them, but it's just like the context. They have played one of the more difficult schedules against some of the better offenses in the league, and now you're seeing that probably level out here over the next two weeks. What'll be interesting is, <clears throat> right now, their defensive rating is a 115. League average right now is about 113. Mm-hmm. Over the next two weeks, can they kick it up to, to 113? I think that's a relatively reasonable goal, considering who they play. There's a lot of bad offenses on this trip. Yeah. A lot of teams that don't play any defense at all where you could see the the net rating go up quite a bit, but also the defensive rating go down, you know, in a good way. Um, it's it's a little bit. So at least at least something something to to kind of follow off of. I got a bunch of questions about why GB three went to the G League and not Jabari Walker, and then some questions here about Greg. So I'm going to put them all into one. Much like. Baji and Butler, Walker, and Shaden, they want... No, Shaden's getting real minutes, obviously. But they want those guys, the two ways of Jabari, to be fully familiar with the team and the system and everything before they send them out. Mm-hmm. Greg has that. And they're just trying to get him reps which is why he's back down in the G League now. Does that track for you? Yeah. Because I think Jabari is the break glass in case of emergency forward. Well, he see, he seems to me, I, I know he hasn't maybe shown it with stats or anything, but like he seems to be like a guy that, yeah, break your glass in case of emergency, you can slot in and maybe be okay. Yes. Whereas like Greg's variants can be productive, helpful, and then also like, oh, Greg's still kind of working out some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody else asked a question, like, if Greg's three-point shot has changed. Um, so they said this is from uh, at NerdRunner. Uh, in the weeds here, has Greg's three-point shot changed? So it's actually funny because I asked Greg about this about a week ago, and yes, it has. He, he did quiet it down. He did get a wider base. It, it is a lot simpler. So um, good eye. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> from the limited amount of time you've noticed as well. So, yes, yeah. it has it has changed. Uh, he, he used to have his feet a lot more together. He used to be uh, a lot more upright on it. Um, but yes, that's that's why. And then so that's that's why Greg went down to the G League and why Jabari and, and the two way guys haven't yet. The two way guys, once they get fully ingrained in the team and they understand the systems, the reads, the plays, the culture, all of it, I would expect them to be down there. Yeah, I don't know if they'll go to the G League showcase. Uh, 
but I know they're going to send at least one guy down there. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that puts out. Got a couple fun questions here to end on. Uh, Kaylee is back to ask what she should get her boyfriend for Christmas, but we'll, we'll save that one for later. Cause I don't know if marriage and or pregnancy or what, what she was looking for. Get him pregnant. <laughs> it's possible. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger get pregnant. Now listen, man. I saw a very, a very, very large man, in fact, get pregnant. <laughs> uh, this is from Jason at Hecubus01. What is your go-to holiday drink? Oh, great question. Mm. Uh, this is maybe not going to be satisfactory enough. Uh, one, I hate eggnog. It's okay. absolutely a we, 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 we pound on that one. Yeah. No, hey, that's... how about that? A food yeah. drink take we could agree on. Yeah, like that doesn't happen all that often, but there we go. Um, my go-to beverage, adult beverage of choice, it's pretty simple, Daniel. It is high-end good whiskey with mm. one ice cube in it. Oh. We don't okay. mess around. I don't need to add anything. I can sit right next to a fire on a Christmas Eve night knowing Santa's about to come down that chimney. That and I one... can. Big ass block of ice. One big block of ice, and I can just slow sip a nice little whiskey and contemplate my life. Do you have the ice tray? The the two block ice tray? Uh, I have a four block okay. ice tray for the yeah. for the big the big cubes. Okay, my, mine are cubes. Yeah, I got yeah, the yeah. cubes, not the not the uh, the balls, but I got the cube. Yeah, no, no, the balls are a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I like good balls, but yeah, the, <laughs> I'd rather have the cubes. So while I will 100% in, co-sign and endorse yours, yeah, um, I like to take a apple cider and booze it up however I can. Oh, you're an apple cider man. Listen, I, I, I'm not a beer guy anymore. I yeah, like I ciders. Really, yeah, like I, it's it's weird, man. I I just I'm not a huge beer guy. Um, I, I am I am a whiskey man through mm-hmm. through and through. My brown water, mm-hmm. I love. Uh, yep. I love my high-end tequila, um, but like a, on a, you know, I think this comes from being stationed in North Dakota for a while. Like when it gets sure. super cold, that f- that feeling you get from a good warm apple cider, mm. but then you booze the shit out of it. <laughs> I, mm. yep, that's I do, it. I, I do like a good like uh, Sprite Seven Up. With like a splash of cranberry juice Ooh, and okay. some gin and some good gin. Okay. Yeah, I can okay. get down with that too. I also like a tequila and lime juice. Mm, you yeah. know, I don't really, I don't really discriminate. But like, if I, it's me, it's Christmas Eve night. I'm getting ready for the big guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say largely like I keep it simple. I just put a good cube in there and open my good stuff and and slow sip one. So, in contrast, we brought talked to this about the candy canes the other day. This is where, and number one, it's very difficult to pull this off because it's hard to grow in the winter. In fact, it doesn't. Mint. Oh, if I, if yeah. I could have a mojito, yes, sure. I would. Like a, a good, fresh, minty mojito. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, it's a cold drink. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes that just, you know, it just feels good. It goes good, goes good on you. But um, I think I, and again, I'm not, I don't really drink all that often anymore. But when I do, uh, I add booze to it. <laughs> Breaking news, it's more fun when you do that. Uh, it's, it's true. It's funny to hear you say the mojito thing because, like, I'm a big mojito fan myself. I love mint. I mean, I love mint ice cream. I love mint gum. I love mint candy, and I love mojitos. 
Yeah, no, just the mojitos. Go ahead. <laughs> That's <laughs> the only mint thing you like. Is like I'm going down the list like, ah. well, like okay, like my one of my favorite. Candies. Also, I did a poll on the Danny and Dusty account the other day. Uh huh. I saw this, and you got crushed. Crushed on the mint chocolate chip. Yeah, but like. If we're going to go off that reaction, let's also look back at how people responded on Twitter after we did that podcast. Because uh, I got some support on that. In Listen, that department. I'm just saying, you got crushed. Um, but, like, my favorite candy is Junior Mints. That can't be. It is. Yeah. I mean, I love a lot of candy. Gummy Bears are up there as well. But, like, you give me a good box of Junior Mints in the fridge, bust those out there in a movie. Oh, my God, man. What yes, is wrong I'm, with you? I love good stuff. I don't know. No, what to that's tell not you. good stuff. That's that's great stuff. No, it's this great. is like, this these are the facts that when they're doing the background fifteen minutes into the documentary of how you killed somebody that come to life. He, you know where he started wrong? <laughs> this is when I knew he was a real psycho who was going to murder kittens and then move on to children. Mm-hmm. It's when he chose the junior mints. When presented is- with. All, all of the candy in the world. He said, Junior Mints and Gummy Bears. And oh, that's when oh, I man. knew that son of a bitch went out of his goddamn mind. Bro, <laughs> how can you not like Junior Mints and Gummy Bears? What is your problem? <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Of all of the things in the world, that's what you yeah. land on. I mean, I love a lot of candy. I got a, mm. I got a big sweet tooth. There's not a candy you're going to name where I'm like, oh, no, that's gross. I just... Near the top for me, because I love a good mint flavor, is a junior mint, cold. It's got to be cold. Uh, or a, a good bag of gummy bears. You're one of those maniacal thin mint truthers, too, aren't you? Oh, thin mints are amazing. Oh, how can you eat? How can you not eat the whole sleeve of thin mints once you start? It's impossible. It's, it's pretty easy. You go like this. You turn it upside down. And you slide it into the trash. It's the number one Girl Scout cookie. The, great. So it turns out a bunch of people are dumb. Awesome. Awesome. The majority of us are dumb. God. All right. Screw this. We're going to end this with what do we get Kaylee's boyfriend? Or what does she get her boyfriend for Christmas? Boy, I, I don't like how we're being just launched into this couple's Christmas idea thing. Because we already started with getting pregnant and getting married. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know what? You know what I would do? I'm going I'm to mix it up a little bit. Get a yeah. dial it way back and go with a pack of socks? Uh, no, that, Jesus, that's the worst gift you could give somebody. Um, really? You think so? A pack of socks? I love, listen, good socks? Is there anything less exciting to open than, like, socks? I don't know. I got Have you ever gotten to the cover. point when you had, like, like, I go through, like, this, I, I have Nike dry fit socks that I, that I wear them pretty much religiously. Sure. Every now and then you get a couple of holes in them, and you're like, oh, crap. And you try and stretch out the life on them because you don't run around in the store. And then somebody no. gives you a pack of socks. I'm like, oh, appreciate you. I get absolutely clowned with my socks. I don't so much anymore. But, like, I used to be, like, hole in the socks, still wear sock guy. Mm. And, like, we go to family functions. And I look like Gaston shoes. in Beauty and the Beast and my toes sticking <laughs> out of, of, like, one sock. And it's like, you're embarrassing. And I go, I know. I'm sorry. I'm poor. Uh. But, yeah, like, of all the things I could open, I don't know if there's anything less exciting. And it's like... Thank you. I socks. Cool. Uh, I'd rather have almost just buy me a damn toys in a doll. I'd rather have that. My idea for for the gift is think of three reasonable financially reasonable mm. places that your boyfriend would like to go visit. Mm. And then 
put him in a in a box and whichever one that he pulls out you won't even know and that's oh. where you go have a little like a little week, weekend getaway wow look at you being creative here you know like a seattle uh let's oh, say Astoria, yeah. uh, a bend whatever it is mount hood and you throw him in and he like moves around and let's say they're like cardboard wood something kind of where he's fortune like, oh, cookie sized yeah yeah and he goes oh what is this and he pulls it out and whatever it is that's where you go away for a weekend i like it i like it i was gonna go simpler but with like a roundabout um tie-in uh because our boss gave us the gift cards yes to the what is it uh laurelhurst laurelhurst revs barbecue big's chicken and, and who's the other there's I four of them. There's four, four of them. Of them? They're, they're all sponsors of our shows. 808. And I hey, look, I love all of them. Mm-hmm. I end up going to Laurelhurst. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but fine. There, there's a couple restaurant groups downtown that you can get these gift cards for, and you can like decide on where you want to go for yeah. dinner. Yeah. I, I think that's, that, that's a good one, too. Yeah. If we're getting away from marriage and pregnancy, that's those are the directions I would go. Well, I mean, we're talking about a dude here marriage, pregnancy, and food. Like, Right. Those are the like the holy trinity of once you're married. You know what you right? do? You you get the restaurant voucher, you you draw that you're gonna go to a city, you find that the restaurant's there, you go have Ooh. dinner, you have drinks, you then propose after you're drunk, and then you get her pregnant. What a look Christmas at that we've designed for them. Look at that. That is a designer Christmas. It is a Christmas miracle, right? That's, that is yeah, and the, you know what you have to do is like when you tell that story forever, no matter what you end up doing with this podcast, you have to be like, yo, that was my Jack Ramsey's moment. Like that was our Jack Ramsey's Christmas. Just, we got pregnant, married, ate a great dinner, and we went to a cool city. Another one. Perfect. You're welcome. Perfect. It's a Jack Ramsey's Christmas miracle. All right, we're gonna end it on that one, folks. Uh the Trailblazers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves again tomorrow night, uh Monday night at Moda, before they go out on a six game road trip. Uh that will bring them basically up to Christmas. They the last game of that trip uh is against Denver on the twenty third. And there is a very, 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 very good chance the final two games of that trip that Damian Lillard will pass Clyde Drexler for number one all-time mm-hmm. uh, on the scoring list, which yep. is a pretty tremendous record when you think about yeah. it. When Dame is all said and done, he will own every record in this franchise's history, which is That's kind of goal. Nuts. Yeah. So um, we will come back. i got to take a look at the schedule again. We'll have a uh, I got it right here. We got Monday, and then they play Wednesday, and then they play Friday. So. Okay, so it, it is every day. There's no back-to-back. So we'll probably go Thursday. I'm going to the Seahawks 49er game Thursday. Actually. Oh, okay. So maybe we'll go Tuesday. Um, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Let's let's talk we'll, about we'll Tuesday. We'll go after that game because they win that game, then they go up to what 15 and 12, and they're they're back to three games above 500 with an opportunity to kind of push uh, on the road trip. And that was you know Tuesday show. We can talk about the Minnesota game, and then we can look ahead and say, all right, we got a six game roadie. Mm-hmm. What are expectations and what we're thinking and how we're feeling? Yeah, and I'll, I'll reach out and see if I can get some of the. Uh, See if we can get up maybe one of the other hosts for one of the other teams on the six-game trip. Just oh, kind of yeah, get a little, little, little insight over into uh, kind of what's coming up. Uh, like, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, you can like here. You can subscribe here. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your families. Uh, instead of talking politics, talk basketball and Jack Ramsey's. That's how you do it around the dinner table on the holidays. That's what good, good, good stuff 
um, you get out of this uh, this here program is uh, how to basically ruin your relationship in one night. Uh, you can find us on social media at Danny Marine, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey. You can email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. You can find Brandon every morning with his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson, from 6 to 9 in the morning on 1080 The Fan. You can find me with my co-host, Dusty Hero, from noon to 3 on 1080 The Fan as well. Uh, until then, uh, we will catch you guys probably Tuesday. Uh, we will adjust as necessary. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Take care, and talk soon. Mm-hmm.